Hobby Addict の時間です It's time for Hobby Addict And now here are your anime addicts Hobby Addicts. Hobby Addicts episode number 272. Welcome into the podcast, everybody listening at home. I'm your host, Mitsugi, and we're joined today by the the very the very missed Caroline. She was gone. She went on a、Hello. fancy vacation. And she's back. How are you, Caroline? Oh, I'm doing well now that I am back. Alive from my vacation in the Poconos, and I have a couple things I would like to discuss about that today. Oh, is this one? Is this going to be one of those vacations where you need a vacation to recover from from the vacation? Actually, no. It was, um, I mean, we did have quite a bit of downtime. We just sat sometimes just sat around, we play a lot of board games on this kind of vacation, too. Um, but there is some athleticism involved, but not really too much,、oh. anyway. And we also have Mason. Mason, as always, is here. How are you, Mason? As always, ever present, never, never moving from my perch. The pillar, <laughs> the pillar of consistency himself. How are you? And until, more importantly, how, how is your blue、now. cup?、Uh, still, still in shambles. Still, oh my God, I heard about that. Never going to financially recover from this. I,、uh, I have not gone out to scope out its, its lineage, its successor, but one day. I will find it in myself to overcome the intense turmoil and grief that has vibrated within the very core of my being and saddened me to no end. I lie awake at night just imagining the time that I spent with it, all the sips, all the sensual content we've had together, but I, I think it's time that we,、uh, we move on for both of us, really. Mason, what will <laughs>、yeah. you do today? What, what will you drink out of? Uh, just a basic, boring glass cup. How are you going to do that? How, how will you survive? I, I, I won't. I will be parched, and there is no, nothing I can do about it. It is a travesty. Yes, indeed. <laughs> We're going to have to. I sense a repeat of that bit coming in the main podcast. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> Maybe you need to switch it up. Like, you can't just、oh. get another blue cup. The blue cup. Was yours and now it's gone. Yeah. So I think you'll have to either get an entirely different color or just a different cup in, in general. Maybe a mason jar. Oh, mason. shit.、Uh, what, what is the biggest、uh, size mason jar? They, about 20 or so. It would probably be like a mason, so- a mason jar styled base or something like that. But、yeah. like drinking out of mason jars is kind of not the easiest thing. Well, that's what I drink out of. I think they're great. But do you. You use... can get a straw. You can yeah, use but straw. straws, I think, don't like, sound great on podcasts.、Mm. Well, now you're not going to have a. Like, it's not going to be against the microphone. <laughs> I guess, but still. Anyway, guys, today on the podcast, I, I platinum Spider Man, so I'm going to talk about that and give final thoughts. I'm, on a, I'm now on a Sekiro platinum run, so I'm going to be working on that、um, as I have healed, apparently. 
Caroline is going to talk about her vacation in the Poconos. Yes, yes, yes. We played croquet. And, yeah. We did not play croquet. Yes, <laughs> yes. We did polo on the horses. No. And like, I make it, it sounds like it's fancy, but it's really just a house rental for a group of like 20 people. <laughs> Down in the Poconos, that's where they want to go. Mason. Fun fact, we actually did, a, we actually rewrote that song one time when we went to the Boconos one time. We wrote, re- rewrote that and we put it to a montage of um, music, or, mu- videos and pictures from our vacation. Well, that's very cute. I, yeah. I would like to see that. Uh, Mason is going to talk about Elder Lilies, which I don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's going to be exhilarating. But we, we must start with Caroline today because she was absent and everyone is dying to hear about hiking and whitewater rafting. So why don't you tell us? Okay, so my family basically every year goes on this big family vacation. It's usually, again, around 20 people. It's my, me, my parents, my sisters, our cousins, our aunts and uncles, grandparents, that kind of thing. Not, not everybody in the extended family goes, but... A core group of them goes, and it usually ends up being about 20 people. Um, So we try to go somewhere different every year, but this is like the second time we've been to the Poconos so far. Um, And it was pretty good. We were in this kind of community, like housing community. They have like a lake area everyone can go to. There's a swimming pool, a community room, and all that stuff. But the weird thing is, is that they'll only give you like eight wristbands to do any of those things, and you have to continuously wear them throughout your stay but the thing is is that these houses are far bigger than just Mm. what's that for eight people and you can't just like have them on your person and just swap them out with different people when they go you have to wear them and that's a big pain in the butt so we didn't really do much at this you know at, at what the amenities the community offers but we did go on a hike which is one of our traditions we usually go on some sort of hike And this hike that we went on had this whole waterfall area. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, of course, we're thinking, like, we are going to try to go swimming here. But all throughout the trail area, there are a ton of signs that say, do not go swimming. If you do, you have to pay $200 in fines. Wow. (laughs) It might be worth it. Yeah, but they made it perfectly clear that nobody was supposed to go swimming. But when we get to the waterfall area, literally everyone is going swimming in this. Uh, but it's really cold water, so not everyone was, but a ton of people were. I did not go, but my in the water, but my cousins did, and they had they had a good time. We packed our stuff up back and and went back on the trail. Literally, not even two minutes after we left the waterfall area. Two park rangers came oh. in the opposite direction. Did they nail you? And we were like, "It's the popo!" Like, uh, like we left just in time. Oh man, so you got lucky. Yeah, we did. Um, I kind of wish I could hear uh, the um, the reactions from the people still in the waterfall area who were swimming around because I bet they were just like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but it was pretty fun. It was a good hike. It's an expensive um, dip. Two hundred bucks a head. I know, yeah. That'll put I mean, a, it, it's that'll put a damper on things. Certainly. Um, speaking of damper, the mm. next day we decided that we were going to go whitewater rafting. Now we've never really done this kind of thing before. We went tubing once, 
like down the, like like a ra- lazy river tubing like a few years ago. Um, but we never really went rafting together before or ever. <laughs> um, and this was pretty much as beginner as you can get. They were like class one, class two rapids. Oh, that we why were going even down. bother? If your life's not at risk, I mean, come on. I mean, no, but like, you know, we're a group of, you got some of the old, like, you know, the adults in there, like my aunts and uncles who are like in their 50s. So you probably wouldn't want to put them on a intense white water rafting. Um, and I suppose like the, us, like in their in our 20s would be able to do it, but we've never done rafting before. So we just wanted to make sure that we'd be safe with it. Um, but it was pretty fun. I highly recommend if anybody wants to go whitewater rafting, it's not too hard. The first, like the class one, class two rapids are just fun enough that it's not dangerous. What does that even um, look like, class one rapids? I mean... I suppose it's just a little bit of uh, turbulence. <laughs> I guess it's you like an intense it. lazy river. Yeah, a class yeah. one. <laughs> um, I think the I think only the um, the kind of not so uh, safe parts where the fact that we could go swimming in the in the river at certain parts of the river, which was it was really nice, nice uh, water and such. But they weren't very clear, our guides were not very clear on when we should get back into our boats because um, we'd be swimming along and whoever's left in the rapid would look up ahead and they were like, well, we got some rapids ahead. You guys better get back in this boat. (laughs) Um, Thankfully, no no really bad situations occurred. I think really just a few of us, including myself, hit our knee on a rock while swimming, which wasn't exactly the greatest. I think you got to go for class four next time or or five. We were talking about like if if we were to do this again, going up the next level, probably it would like if it was class one and two together. I assume that would be a three and four, which I feel like would be the next uh, step for us if we were able to go again. So maybe we will. But it was really fun. All right. Well, where are the where are are the gun rafting, Mitsugi? Uh, I had before, but I haven't recently. You know. And what, West I've Virginia gone rafting has some, in West Virginia. Yeah, West Ooh. Virginia's got some pretty good rafting, but um, you know, mm-hmm. it, my my outdoor activities of choice for the last few years have been mountain biking and hiking. So, but uh, where the hell are the Poconos anyway? It's in Pennsylvania. Hmm. Is that like this a? This is not a very specific area. It's a pretty large portion, I suppose you would call it. Okay, I gotta look this up because. Pennsylvania's landlocked, so for some reason I thought, for some reason I thought it was like by a body of water or something, but maybe it's just like a nice mountain or mountainous area. Yeah, the Poconos is basically the mountain, the Poconos mount, mountains. Gotcha. Shows and we went down the Lehigh Valley River. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, I know, I know the area. I think. Okay, well, you know, we're glad you're back because it was a sausage fest last week, and uh, we did our best, and you know. But I mean, you can't do your best without me. <laughs> That's right. Well, I did my best playing some video games this week. I platinum Spider-Man. It's pretty easy platinum, you know. Um, it's the last thing was, but you know, for a game that's so casual, and let's face it, that game is that game is very casual. Um, the the grindiness of getting all of like the crimes in each district in New York is pretty pretty not fun. I mean the. For those that haven't played it, like they've got New York chopped into like eight regions, basically, and I think it's eight, it might be nine, and um, every region has twenty crimes. Like there's, 
you know, in order to get a hundred percent in each, in each region, you have to do all this shit. And uh, amongst that shit, there is like solve, uh, you know, break up five crimes that are from like thugs, five crimes from, you know, some henchman group, five crimes from, you know, some military group, whatever. And when you add them all up across the whole city, it's like close to 200 of them. And it's just, it's very, uh, very grindy, like for a game like that, you know, because, because the crimes don't spawn immediately either. You have to kind of like run around for a few, for like 30 seconds. And then the next one pops up and you have to like beat up like 15 dudes. And that's like one crime. And it's like, I don't know. I, it, it was probably like five hours of grinding to get all that shit done. And it was, it was pretty, pretty annoying because it's about as dull as as, thing, as it could get at the end there. But all in all, the Spider-Man game was pretty fun. Uh, I don't think we're going to play it. I'm not going to play through all the DLCs. I just don't care. Spider-Man is the biggest Mary Sue in the world. and I like him as a character, but it's just, it becomes a little much. And uh, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't need to be, I don't need to play through all the DLCs. So, um, But hey, that's like my 40th Platinum or something. Close to 40 probably. And I'm on a Sekiro now. A Sekiro, decidedly a better game. Uh, what do you think, Mason? Do you agree? I agree. As someone who only played maybe four to five hours of Spider-Man, maybe that doesn't put me in the fair position to compare, But uh, and also with my biases towards Shrum games. But uh, yeah, Sekiro is a fantastic game. <laughs> so I, cl- I haven't beaten the Guardian Ape yet. Um, I got to him and uh, decided I wanted to have more spirit emblems before I tried to take him on. So I, I um, went down into the Ashina Depths, and I made it all the way to Mibu Village, and I beat the... There's some pretty easy bosses compared to Genichiro. I, I, I'm starting to think he's probably, like, if not the hardest, one of the hardest bosses in the game, because I can already tell the Guardian Ape is just not as hard as Genichiro. Um, I mean, I think... And all honestly, Genichiro is hard because he forces you to actually learn how to play the game. Right. And now that you've learned that, the other bosses don't force you to reevaluate your play style as much as he does. Well, the game. Well, well, most of the bosses in these games, and I don't know if this is by design or not, but they ha- they either have unbelievably bad AI or they're bugged. So like, almost almost without fail, um, like the. For example, the like, like the Orin of the whatever, like there's some spirit lady named Orin, that's that's in Mibu Village. If you just like walk her across this bridge near, that's right near her, like she just literally doesn't fight you. She'll just stand there and let you kill her. <laughs> it's like totally bugged. Um, the cr- corrupted the corrupted monk, which is right after her. All you have to do is like run under him when he jumps at you and just whack him a couple times and run away. So like almost all of the enemies have some kind of like something wrong with their AI or something wrong with or something in their design that makes them just really easy to just, you know, beat without even really knowing how the hell to play Sekiro. Um, I'm pretty sure I, because I beat that monk. I don't think I block a single attack. Uh, <laughs> and that um, monk is pretty easy to like stun and just kind of overpower. Yeah. You just throw firecrackers at his fit at him. And, but like Genichiro, it was full on. Like you really have to parry, 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 you know, attack, attack. And, and um, but I'll have a couple more bosses like that to look forward to. So well, I'm not looking. I, I'd rather cheese them, honestly, because, <laughs> because I because I enjoy going through the areas and like picking up items. That's what I like about these games is like picking up the items and leveling up my skills and stuff. And I don't really get much 
out of giving myself tendonitis by playing Gany, by fighting Ganichi over five straight hours. But I think I will try to platinum this game. I think it's not that bad. Um, nope, it's it's not terrible. I I did it. Yeah, you got to beat every boss, and then you can save. And you got to get all the all four endings. But I think you can save scum for three of them, and and then you just play the game again, which probably would, probably only takes like a couple hours if, if you're not really doing any like any of the collecting and stuff. And then supposedly there's like an area of the game where you can grind like five thousand like like skill points in within a couple minutes. Um, so I'll probably do that, and I'll get I'll end up with all of the all of the all the skill trees done and all of the prosthetics in like no time. Um, so we'll see. But man, it's- yeah, you might need to do that because I I didn't save scum, and it took me like four playthroughs, and the last oh, things that. I was looking to do was the like building up the experience to fill out the skill tree. Yeah, I'm definitely not playing this game four times. There's, I, have, <laughs> I don't have the patience for that shit. Um, I'll play through it a second time if I only have if I if I can just like basically run through the run through every area without fighting any enemies and then just do the boss this and then just do the minimum like six or seven bosses. You know, I'm happy to do that, but for the last trophy. But I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna torment myself, but man, it's really good, and you know I'm glad I'm able to play it again. But uh, I just want to kill that giant white snake. I, I have a feeling he'll be he'll be killable at some point, but he's just a little bastard. I just want to kill his ass. So. Yeah, I, I didn't like his inclusion. I, I don't like enemy types like that, which are more just like environmental. Like it's like oh maybe I can do something to him, and then no, you can't, and it's a pain in the butt. But yeah, you can uh, you can do some damage to that snake. The spot I'm at right now is I'm at the four the monkeys like the monkey boss that has like the four monkeys that run run away from you. I've, oh yeah, that's a that's a pain. I haven't figured out how to beat them yet, but I I think it's I, I think it's a, it's at least not much of an actual fight. It's just probably going to be a gimmick, so a gimmick yep. fight. So I'll take that over uh, getting my ass handed to me by Genichiro for you know. Five five years. Anyway, that's about all I've been doing. I didn't really do much this week. Um, so, but but, but Mason, El- Elder Lilies, what is this? Yeah, so it's kind of like Elden Ring, except not really, but it sounds similar. But essentially, this is a game that I started playing about a week and change ago. Uh, Stormcrow in our Discord. Uh, just like messaged me and said, "Hey Mason, have you checked out Ender Lilies? I think the full name is like Ender Lilies Quietus of the Nights." He's like, "Oh, this might be relevant to your interests." And I had never heard of this game before. And I think when he said relevant to your interests, he meant Hollow Knight, which is everyone knows I speak a claim to maybe a bit too often. Uh, I had never heard of it. It came out at the end of June. And it's by like new developers, or at least ones I haven't heard of before, called Livewire and AdGlobe. It's currently on Steam and Switch for $25, and it's going to eventually come out for Sony and Microsoft. So I, I saw the trailer, and yeah, it kind of looked like what I was into. It's you know, the 2D kind of dark fantasy world. You play as this young girl with an array of JoJo stands, and... You know, it has like this Metrovania type tag to it. And I looked at it and I was like, eh, it looks looks okay. But yeah, but it also looks a bit janky. It looks like it just moves as if all the characters are like puppets. And there's like, 
don't know. It just just by looking at the trailer, I was a little bit concerned because one of my big complaints with the game Salt and Sanctuary, which is another two D Souls like punishing, you know, type of game, it just I I I'm always about that game feel, and this one looked just so so, and I was like, oh, twenty five bucks is a little steep to test it out, but it's been raining. Uh, a lot in Connecticut right now and I had a lot of free time so you know what I, I pulled the trigger and I, and I got the game for the switch and the good news is that this game is a good game uh, I would say Salt and Sanctuary has very like loose combat I'd say Hollow Knight is very like tight combat I'd say this one feels like right in the middle it's around like bloodstained ritual of the night hmm. um, and I definitely strongly recommend this for people who hear me describe games that I enjoy and they're like man he talks about hollow knight or neo or Sekiro or, or uh, enter the gungeon but they don't want to play like these hard punishing some might say frustrating games and this game is perfect for you because the like navigation is pretty clear-cut like you don't get lost and unlike metroid games where you get stuck and you're like i have no idea where to go next and you kind of have to go online sometimes like it's pretty easy in this game to feel out where you should go next. Um, the controls aren't too complicated. It has a low skill floor and a moderately high skill ceiling, so it really eases you into the game, but it also doesn't take so long before you can start customizing and kind of personalizing your attack patterns. Um, for one thing, there's like generous checkpoints. You're never feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm about to die and lose everything. Like you're often being fed place of rest, and most importantly for a lot of people, there is no penalty for death. So it's not like you lose your resources, you don't lose experience, like you just respawn pretty quickly and you're right back at it. So it makes a game that feels like the dark fantasies of the games I like, but without the stress, because you can kind of just, if you die, oh well, like no, you just get right back at them. So it's definitely a more easygoing, enjoyable experience and I, you know, can add some self-imposed difficulty by turning off the the map or limiting my heal uses. But it's a it's a pretty bruising game, but enjoyable so far. It looks uh, like only, it looks a little yeah, like uh, Odin. Well, I haven't really played. I'm watched. I'm just looking at a still image. But what's it? What the, what the, what binary haze interactive? I've never heard of them before. But the art looks a little bit like. Well, maybe not. It's not. It's it, it's a little reminiscent of like Odin Sphere or, you know, one of those types of games. Maybe, what the hell is that company's name? But um, the one who did like Thirteen Sentinels. Yeah, is exactly. That the... At least it, it it appears a little bit like that from what I'm looking at. But it looks very interesting. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Essentially, what happens is you go around, you defeat these. I mean, obviously, you have the normal enemies. Which one of the problems I have with the game is they feel very samey to every enemy you've seen in any other game. You have, like, your flying bat-type enemies, or you have these, you know, sword enemies, or the enemies with the shield that you have to get behind, or the enemies that, like, lob axes at you. Like, it's kind of... You've seen all this before, but eventually you fight these bosses, which, once again, not too difficult, but just nice enough to make you, you know, get into their rhythms. And for every boss you kill, they give you a type of power that you can add to your uh, slot. So you get like two attack slots and four like what I call the JoJo stand slots where you know you fight a 
enemy with claw attacks, and then you defeat them, and then you have the opportunity to slot a claw attack into your arsenal, and kind of you have you know twenty like bosses you kill, so you can really customize which ones you like the most, you don't like, and use that, and you summon them with these like cooldown timers, and it, it works pretty well. Like it's not difficult or overwhelming. But well, the only complaints I have so much with it is that um, the dodging is a little bit dodgy uh, uh, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, get, it gets improved later on when your character, this little girl, learns how to dodge better. Um, jumping is a little bit generous. Like it's sometimes you're not like highly technically platforming and more just like. You're like, oh, I, I bet I can make the jump, and you kind of just jump, and you kind of mush your face into the wall, but it's kind of close enough so the game, like, helps you out. So, which is fine, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel, like, clean all the time. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it was a fun game. I, I haven't quite beat it, I should say. I'm, like, 12 hours in, and I feel like I'm maybe kind of sort of near the end, but it's been, uh, it's been good. Well, it looks like my kind of game. I've played a bunch of these recently even. You know, the uh, the monkey, um, Monster Boy in the, in the Cursed Kingdom and Blasphemous mm-hmm. and Bloodstained. Yeah, it's definitely and, easier than Blasphemous. Yeah, well, that's fine. You know, I never really... I, I guess... I wonder what what I wonder what, what proportion of people would prefer, would prefer to play a game where when they die... They just respawn right where they died with no penalty. Um, and what proportion of people would like to have some kind of a penalty? Because, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a prick elitist gamer, but it's like, to me, if you're going to die and basically just respawn, like, you know, and you're only going to lose, like, 10 seconds of progress or something, my my thought is, like, why even have a health bar? Like, who give, who really cares? <laughs> well, you do go back to the save points, but you you don't lose anything, and it's usually pretty easy to get back to where you were. But I mean, if you're only going back, like like I mean, how far back is the save point? If it's ten I mean, minutes, it, you know, maybe that matters. It's but. it's not that long. It's maybe you know one to three minutes, depending on how. I don't know how far away you got. It's it's not punishing. I think most people want that. I think most people are playing games to enjoy, to unwind, to relax, mm-hmm. and having just a little bit of threat of death no just like rafting you want you want just a little bit of death but you want you want to be able to jump out of the the boat sometimes and just swim about and (laughs) have fun so i feel like this is more up the general majority people's you know strike zone if you will i like how sekiro does it the you know it's like you when you die you lose your prog you lose your skill points towards the next level or whatever that you're heading towards but but once you get like the once you fill up the full skill point bar, it basically like locks in that whole level for you. So mm-hmm. like if like if, if I if I had three quarters of a skill bar filled up in Sekiro, I definitely don't want to die. <laughs> I'm like no, I don't want to die here. You know I have too much gold on me, too much experience racked up, and I don't want to you know lose it all. Uh, but I don't know. I guess I can see people not wanting to have, have, have to go back like really far. It'd be kind of nice if they give you the option. It'd be nice if these games that have like a, you know, where when you die, you lose your gold or whatever. 
or when you die you don't lose anything you maybe you can like toggle on and off but maybe maybe that would maybe yeah that's there's a, not a ton of like resources in this game for you to even lose i see like there's really it's more about just getting through the levels and completing them like it's not like you're building up gold to buy this or building up you know experience to get like this massive new ability like there's really everything is pretty much gained by progressing through the game so you never feel like you're grinding you're just kind of going so everything you earn is just by exploring the world more and finding like secrets so it's not like i don't know it's uh it's it's enjoyable it's nice it looks like uh this game just is already out for ps4 and ps5 oh is it it says on the video I'm watching, it came out on July 6th. Well, maybe that's why it came out before I bought it. Yeah. It <laughs> says, Ender uh, Lilies, the, PS4. The Switch and Steam on the 22nd of June and PS4, PS5 on July 6th. Of course, like most things, it's not on Xbox. Ooh. I think it will be, though. I think it will be. Who even owns an Xbox? So, uh, yeah, one second. Let's see. Launch trailer for PS4 came out yep. just a couple days ago. So that explains it before I started playing it, kind of. <laughs> so I, I'd say I'd probably recommend it if it got down to like $15. Okay. Well, so I'd say keep your eye on it. It game, seems so it interesting. Sale at some point. Yeah, exactly. It, it will. It will. N Nintendo, who never lowers the price. I wanted to play Super Mario Galaxy like a few months ago, and that fucking game's still sixty bucks. Well, he must be and, kidding. Uh, and you still want to play it? <laughs> I do. I didn't buy it though. I'm not paying sixty bucks know, for a game that's ten years old. That's insane. N N I, Nintendo has some has definitely has some faith in their intellectual property. So I'll say I'll say that much. But it is pretty pretty solid stuff. Oh man! I got the Mario All Stars pack on my Switch, and that's like like Mario Galaxy, uh, Mario sixty four, and Sunshine, and it's probably I think it was about sixty bucks, um, but at least I got all three of those. I think that's what yeah, I was looking at because that's a good deal. I don't think yeah, but I mean unless you don't want to play Mario sixty four or Mario Sunshine. I mean, I remember as a kid, freaking loving Mario Sunshine because I did not have it myself i was playing on my friend's game so i didn't get to play it very often but i remember oh my god i want this game so badly so when i was able to get it, i'm just like yes mario sunshine and then i play it and i'm like this is the jankiest mario mario i've ever <laughs> played well i think what people will tell you is but like mario 64 is probably like if not the best one of the best mario games they've ever made so yeah i mean i, mean, I played mario 64 on my ds um, but I was not very good at it, and I never finished it, um, and I'm still not very good at it, so, uh, but Galaxy is pretty good, even though, actually, I don't really play my All-Stars pack all that much, but I, I'm glad I at least have it. I just want to know where, where Rosalina comes from, because it's like, she's in all, she's in pretty much every game now, but I've never really seen her as, like, the princess or whatever, and I guess she's the princess in Galaxy, so, or I think she is at least, so... Yeah, she's, like, um, giving Mario the ability to save Peach, I guess. It's been a, I, I, it's kind of, it, the, the lore of this game kind of confuses me, but it also doesn't help that I haven't played it in a while. Hmm. Okay. I, no one plays Mario for the lore, though. <laughs> Is there lore? Yeah. 
What does the lore tell me? I don't, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know, but there's penguins in 64, and that's the only lore I care about, is why penguins, why? Penguin slider. Yeah. And why must I sing their song every time I'm sliding down one of these mountains? I know, I'm already, I'm already singing it in my head right now. <laughs> How does it go? Like that. The more whistly and irritating because the 64 did not have a good, uh, <laughs> a good audio capacity. Yeah, I didn't. That game looks janky as shit, but it's fucking great. <laughs> All right. Classic. Well, I mean, I don't know that I have really a whole lot more to say. You know. I mean, if we need to fill up more time, I can I can talk about more stuff. I'm still playing Co- Cozy Grove, and that's kind of fun still. Is it? Yeah, it was that <laughs> kind of cheaper version of, I don't know, I guess you could call it kind of like Animal Crossing, but I can't say that for sure because I never played Animal Crossing. But yeah, I mentioned it on Hobby Addicts not too long ago. But yeah, and um, it's it's pretty laid back. I There's still a couple things I'm, n- I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of in the game, but even still, I play it pretty regularly. Hmm. How, many, uh, how many hours do you have in it right now? I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't really keep track of that kind of stuff. But oh, I didn't know if there was an in-game like save um, timer. It does tell you, like, it does like bring you to a new day every single time you open it up. So I think the last time I played it was like day eighteen or nineteen. So I played it eighteen or nineteen se- separate settings. Gotcha. But it doesn't track your play time. I guess it's like, um, I'm sure. I'm sure that like on the switch, they'll tell you depending like if you go into the game's settings or something yeah, like I'll that. Yeah, they'll say tell hours you how many played. Hours. I just haven't checked it. Isn't that one of those games where there's only like where you have like a checklist of things you do every time every day? And um, yeah, like you have different like different characters will ask you to do different things like collect uh, this these ingredients for me or pick up these things off the island or you know and and that kind of thing. Um, some things take longer than others. Like you have to wait to help one character in order to help another character. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it could be it, it could be pretty fun for me. Like at least in my opinion, especially since I only got it for like fifteen dollars. That is a pretty solid deal. I mean, that's kind of like um, Stardew Valley is like so cheap now, but that game is like so good. Just like. So I'm saying it's ridiculous how many, how many people played Stardew Valley. That guy. A pure, One thing is, is that they, story. that the characters will often reward me in furniture pieces, and these furniture pieces aren't necessarily to like make any rooms look nicer like it would in uh, Animal Crossing. It's more to um, affect the growth of different plants and animals around you. So like, if you have a peach tree that you're growing peaches off of obviously it will tell you exactly what it likes and likes to have around it like if you want rustic decor or something like that and if you have something that is rustic or has the rustic tag on it you place it around that tree and it will harvest more quickly um but they keep on giving me all of these furniture things and i'm like i do not know where to put all this stuff stop giving me furniture you're gonna look like a hoarder, just like yeah. you're gonna have all this like couches and desks like piled up around trees and gardens outside. You're like, just give me all your junk. I need it to grow my tulips. I mean, that's pretty much it. And like I, so I have my camp area, and that's kind of where I put all my animals and my trees and all that stuff. 
not all the time though because I, I you need to like s- spread things out if different uh, plants or animals require different types of decor around them. But the thing is, is that other areas of the island are a lot more crowded with decor that is already there so it's hard to find my plants sometimes and it's hard to find areas to put them in that doesn't like I mean I don't really care what the island looks like but it's really annoying when I try to uh, select a certain plant or try to pick up a certain item and it brings me over to a different item like I don't need to go to this random picnic table I put down to help my apple tree grow. I want to harvest the apple tree. <laughs> or I want to talk to this character. I don't care about this random post I put in the ground. That's one thing that I'm not a big fan of this game is that sometimes it's really annoying trying to select uh, different things. Well, well, there it is. Mason, am I going to be bummed out playing Neo after after Sekiro? Is it like a huge drop off? Uh, uh, drop off in terms of what? Just being a being a game. I think, hmm, it's very different games. I think, you know, if you like running around in Sekiro, like really exploring the world and just going up and down and that you'll be a little bummed out um neo is definitely about Mm -hmm. two things the combat which is faster than sekiro and more refined than sekiro like sekiro you can be a little messy with it you can kind of cheese you can kind of mash you can kind of just like force your way through things um neo has a lot more mechanics going on and is more quick to punish you so it's a different level of difficulty. Uh, I'd say the big difference is while Sekiro is a little bit more about exploration and finding secrets, uh, Neo is gives you the option to get really into loot mechanics. So, you know, you defeat an enemy and they'll drop a helmet piece. Ooh. And you're constantly getting helmets and weapons and guns and different, like, armor sets. How many helmets can and one man carry? I mean, really well there is a weight limit for like what you're wearing but there's no limit to what you're carrying so i'm often (laughs) running around in neo like in my back pocket with probably like a hundred different helmets man and then so a lot of people get really into grinding specific helmets and builds and forging it and refining it and leveling up and like doing that i don't get too much into the loot aspects essentially i will play an entire level with the armor I have on, I won't change it. I won't be like, oh, I'm facing a fire thing, so let me change out to a more fire-prone set with this damage reduction and debuff and stats. Um, I'll get to the end of the level and then be like, okay, I have... I, I, I picked up 50 piece, fifty gloves. Let me just, like, <laughs> pick my five favorites, sell the rest for just, like, money or experience, and go from there. So you can definitely get into the armor game or not i don't really choose to do so but it does have a whole set for that so there's a lot of the mechanics of neo that you can choose to engage with or not to but it is definitely a a, a refined fighting experience that is I, i always tell people if someone just hands you a controller and says 
Okay, imagine you're playing a really difficult video game. You know how you'll just like randomly mash a bunch of buttons and like hit everything at once? But you know that's not actually how people play video games? Uh, no. Neo, you actually are like hitting like three buttons at once to maneuver this to this setting as you swap weapons midway through a combo to a, like it. I don't know. I feel like just I like the combat. That's what I'm trying to say. I'll stop rambling. Man, Sekiro doesn't even, doesn't even have armor. Uh, it doesn't. You get... No, yeah, no armor. No you weapons just get, either. You know, new prosthetics. Yeah, new prosthetics, new skill. Also, yeah, Neo, because all this armor looks different, you can play, like, fashion, where you just go for cool-looking oh, sets. That. Stupid. Which, <laughs> which is what I do. Oh. Or what you can do is get stuff you like stat-wise, and then they have the option to keep it, but just change the look of it. So you can do that too. That's like the Spider-Man game had like 50 different Spider-Man outfits, and I think we'd used like two of them. You're just like, whatever. <laughs> I just want them to look like Spider-Man. Yeah. All right, well, let's call it here, because we're just kind of trying to fill time now. and That's because that's we love you all, and we want to give you a good, you know, good episode, so... Yeah. Not everything yeah. can be a too hot to handle episode. That's no, no shit. No shit. You said it. <laughs> In fact, probably only two episodes can be too hot to ham- handle episodes. <laughs> I'm climbing Blanc- Blanca Peak and Ellingwood Point next weekend, so I might die. We'll see. Um, but okay. if, if not, That's I'll fun. be here on Sunday to talk about that. So look forward to this. I'll hikes. be talking a uh, very depressing book next week, so get excited for oh, that. Boy. I love how you guys already have your plan set. I don't know what I'm doing the next week. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Mysterious. All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. See ya.